Hi, and welcome to this week's Cyber Boardroom Podcast. Your hosts, Mark and Steven, will be filling you in on all things cyber and how it impacts your boardroom. Listen and learn each episode on how to get and stay ahead. I'll do the intro first and I'll edit everything else out uh, if needed later. Um, hi, dear okay. listeners. Thank you for tuning in. I'm sorry. Let me do the intro again. <laughs> hi, okay. dear listeners. Thank you for tuning in for the next episode of the SME Business Podcast. Today, we're joined by Chancellor Clay from Trillsand Books. Trillsand Books is a, is a realtor arbitrage firm and he operates in the iPhone resale segment as well. Trillsand Books has been around since 2018. Welcome to the show. Alrighty, well, thank you, sir, for having me on. And so I'll elaborate, I'll elaborate on uh, what my businesses do. And so I currently run two businesses. One is Trails and Books. And what we do is we buy books, DVDs, and CDs in wholesale quantities. And then we um, we go through and scan them. And then we list the good ones online that'll sell. And then the bad ones, they uh, they get donated to various uh, charitable organizations for the tax deduction. And then the uh, my second business is Chancellor Electronics. And what we do is we have two parts of the business. My first business, the first part of the business, is that I um I run Facebook uh, marketplace ads saying that I buy iPhones locally, and then my profit margins there are about you know uh, twenty to thirty percent, and so they're pretty good. And then my second part of the business is I buy and sell iPhones, iPads, and all sorts of electronics in wholesale quantities. And so I'll get in a bulk lot of iPhones and then um, resell them to other wholesalers, sometimes international wholesalers, for a uh, 5 to 10% markup. Wow, um, that, that's, a, that's a very good summary. <laughs> I just want to like, uh, scale back a little bit. So um, can you tell me a bit more about yourself and, and how you got started and how you got the idea to, to, to get started with Tilson Books and, 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 and the, the electronics business as well? Yep. So um, I'm a, I'm a 15 year old entrepreneur, and I've been uh, in the entrepreneur space for the past two years. And so my first business that I started was Trails and Books back in uh, 2018 when I was 13. And so the way that got started is I'm a big book nerd. I love to read just about anything. And so whenever I go into like a thrift store or a general store, um, I'll bolt back to the book section and just start browsing at the books. And so I'm always looking for the best deal when it comes to buying something. And so I checked the online prices versus the um, you know thrift store prices on books, and I noticed a very very large discrepancy. Um, and so you know sometimes it'd be like fifty cents for the book here when they're going for like five, six, ten dollars online. And so I bought a couple dozen books, listed them online, and to my surprise, they sold actually very very well. And so ever since then, I've just been scaling up, buying more and more books, you know, and selling more and more books, and really creating a solid system in order to get these books online. And then with the electronics business, the way I got started with that one is there was a lot of media attention regarding the iPhone 11 launch back in October 2019. And so I noticed the price discrepancy between the um, iPhone prices on eBay and the iPhone prices on uh, Facebook Marketplace. And so what I did was I uh, watched a few videos on how to resell iPhones, what to do. And I went out and I bought an iPhone, a cracked iPhone 4S for like $9. Now, this iPhone was like 10 years old at the time. And so it was a very, very crappy phone. And so anyway, I bought it for $9 and then I sold it on eBay for $25 overnight. And as soon as I did that, I was like, holy smokes, you know, I didn't have to do much to make that, you know, profit. And so ever since then, I've, you know, 
I uh, started, you know, flipping like iPhone 6s, 7s, 8s, and it got to the point where now I'm buying, you know, I, the brand new iPhones, you know, in uh, wholesale quantities and then wholesaling them to other wholesalers. Yeah, wow, that's uh, like, uh, yeah, uh, you, you cracked the formula, uh, pun intended, that joke. <laughs> um, yeah, so that this sounds great, yeah. Um, yeah, so for, for people that, that, that don't know uh, what, what you're talking about, so can you explain a bit more about what, what, what retail arbitrage is? Yeah, so essentially what Trails and Books does is we do retail arbitrage. Now, what retail arbitrage is, is where you buy something for, you know, can be in some cases like 50 cents or a dollar you know like a thrift store or uh, even like a name brand store and then you resell it for more um, and so essentially what we do is we buy a wholesale quantities of books from just about anywhere we do library liquidations we cherry pick from thrift stores we even do like local garage sales and just cleaning out people's books and so what we do is we buy it um, on the market at a low price and then we resell it for a you know a very very high margin on the uh, on the online markets and so we buy books anywhere from a nickel to a dollar a piece and then on average we resell those books um, depending on what they go for they can go for anywhere between five ten fifteen even twenty dollars per book and so the markup and the margins are very very phenomenal yes 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 and uh, yeah you know like sounds like a really good sourcing as well there where um, you know the more you buy in bulk thing you know the better price you get and um... mm-hmm yeah, so it's like a like a sort of business model and uh, collections keep changing so you know books will disappear from collections and it means that you can step in and you know, uh, buy those and then resell them online um but mm -hmm. it's interesting as well like uh, sometimes you know um i think i've seen this as well is that uh, some books because of uh let's say um uh, the current climate or such uh, some books might disappear um because they consider it like and i'd say not appropriate anymore which then also I've seen mm -hmm. uh, a drive up prices as well because then you know the the, the book becomes so collectible. Um, I was wondering as well, you know, like uh, off the cuff, it's like um, have you had any uh, you know like uh, experiences where, for instance, you went through thrift store or such and happened to run into, let's say, first editions and such, where you go like, oh wow, I like did why did these people actually get rid of it? Yeah, donate them. Yeah, I've had actually a few occasions of that, and so I was yeah, in a no, local thrift like, store. In yeah, Sakura. so I was thinking like, yeah. So yeah, I was in a, a local charity thrift store one day, and um, I came across this astrology set, and it was like a first edition. Yeah, I was ahead. like, yeah, I'll you know I'll pay like ten dollars for this three volume set, you know, take a little chance. And uh, I get home, and then I find out that it goes for like four hundred dollars online. And so it's just kind of like, oh, wow. And so it took a few months to sell just because it was a very, very high, very, very expensive set. But I ended up getting like $425 for that $10 set. And so that has to be like one of the best flips that I've done. Of course, you know, a lot of my flips are much, much smaller than, you know, like turning $10 into $425. But still, um, you know, the overall margins are very, very good. Yeah, that's like yeah, it's a great thing, you know. Like and um, you know, people don't, you know, have to go far, you know, to to do that. You know, of course, you know, the the bigger you make it, um, yeah, the the, the more you know sourcing you have to do. But uh, it's it's a great idea, uh, for people to mm -hmm. to um, 
at least supplement their income, that kind of thing. Um, so I was wondering mm -hmm. as well, uh, you know, about the whole retail arbitrage. What do you think about people taking up more side hustles like retail arbitrage or similar? Yeah, one of the best side hustles to get into right now is retail arbitrage. Um, just because there's plenty of sources out there for, you know, used goods. And um, so if you want to get started in retail arbitrage, I highly suggest starting, um, you know, reselling something that interests you or you collect. Because that since that thing interests you, you uh, you know a lot about it, and you're willing to learn more about it. And so in my case, I love reading and I love books, and so I got started in the book business. I also love technology in general, and so I got started also in the iPhone business. And so, um, you want to if if you want to get started in the retail arbitrage business, I highly suggest the first thing you do is get started um, selling something that you like. And so if you like, you know, collectible shoes and you know a lot about collectible shoes, you know, go out and sell collectible shoes. Or if you like technology in general and get get started selling used tech and um, yeah, just really explore your interests. And, you know, uh, with retail arbitrage, you're actually able to monetize your interests. And, and and that's a great point because that that's where it is. If, if you know, when you're not interested in it, you know, then it just becomes like a you know, drag, if you will, like, you know, you have to do it. Well, if it's it's your interest, then it, it becomes more natural. Whereas, like, you know, if you do what yeah. you love, you know, you never work a day in your life. Um, you yep, know, I, I love the cliche saying, of, yeah, like you just said. Oh, oh sorry. I love that. I love no, the cliche no, saying of, you know, of, you know, you'll uh, never work a day in your life if you enjoy doing what you're doing. Um, personally, I love running a business and I love reselling the things that I uh, resell just because they interest me. And so I'm not really working a job per se because, you know, a job you dread going to, you know, since I really enjoy reselling and exploring my interests, you know, through the businesses, I, you know, it's more of like a hobby than an actual job, but a hobby that makes me money. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. It's like uh, going to say as well. Um, you know, like what was your best flip? But I think you you kind of like already mentioned the book set, or do you have something more amazing than that where you go like, oh wow, I can't believe I found I found that. Yeah, so um that that book set was my best flip um so far with books, um and then I had a, a local flip with um iPhones, and so a lady she came at we she came at me with a few of her old iPhones that she no longer needed anymore, and so um. She was just like, yeah, I don't know what I can get for them. Um, just make an offer on them. And I was like, okay, you know, how does 500 bucks sound? And she was like, okay, sounds good. And so we met up. I bought her electronics for $500. Um, and then I turned around and sold them to a supplier for, it was like 1200 And so that was a very, very phenomenal flip. Not very many of my flips are like that. Usually when I'm dealing with an iPhone, um, I'll make, you know, anywhere between $50 and $100 per iPhone. Um or in some cases where it's like an older iPhone with some damage on it, I'll try to shoot for, you know, you know, $30, $40 on that uh, particular model. Um, and so, you know, not, not my, not, I want to stress that, you know, not all my flips are like these, you know, crazy phenomenal flips. A lot of them are just, you know, little $50, $100 profit flips, but they're still, um, but they still add up very, very quickly. Yes, yes. Um, I was wondering as well, so, uh, you know, like with the year almost over, uh, what are your plans for 2021? 
So um, my family, we're actually moving, and so I have the opportunity to expand my business in 2021. And so what I want to do is I want to expand the book business to where I uh, rent out a couple storage units and really expand the uh, business because right now I'm handling, you know, between batches of like, you know, 100 to 500 books. But I really want to get into the um, get into the space of, you know, buying Gaylords of books. A Gaylord is like a pallet full of books. And, you know, they can range from like one to three thousand books. And so what I really want to do is I want to uh, I want to get a couple storage units and really expand my operations, expand overall inventory that we offer and, you know, subsequently increase profits. And then with the iPhone business, um, I really just want to uh, keep snowballing my capital through these wholesale deals. And I really want to become like a uh, full time iPhone wholesaler, um, you know, just in the future, just because the. Uh, the uh, items that I wholesale, you know, they're like $500 to $1,000 a piece, sometimes a little more. Um, the profit margins, you know, they can range from like 5 to 7% on average for wholesale. But 5 to 7% of on a, you know, $500,000, $1,500 device is actually, pr it's actually pretty good. Uh, it's actually pretty good, you know, overall monetary amount. The margins are slim, but the overall monetary amount makes up for that. Yeah, and I think um, I think that's the point as well. Where you know, like um, the people forget is like it's one thing, you know, running a shop where you know you have quite a bit of overheads and you know, like having to pay for for um, you know a shop as in you know on the high street um, a lot of uh, taxes because you have a shop on the high street um, you pay for a lot of staff. Um, well, mm -hmm. with, with retail arbitrage, you know, you you're not dealing with a lot of those uh, yeah costs so. Um, the the margin is higher because because your cost base is lower um so yeah it makes complete sense and it's good to hear you know like you're you know you're seeing 2021 as a, as a year to expand and i think uh, that that's all what we all need to see 2021 at because um uh, it's not time for us to um you know uh, um, take steps backwards it's time for us to all um take stuff forwards and, and, and go for it and, and, and try to see how we can make uh, 2021 amazing for us um, and, and for our families. So, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I was wondering as well, uh, what do you feel governments around the world could do better to help small businesses grow? Ooh, let's see. Um, with the COVID lockdowns, um, I believe that the governments, they could have uh, provided like more support for the um, businesses. So, you know, maybe allowing them to, you know, with less restrictions. Um, so let me back up. So in the United States, um, restaurants were forced to shut down completely. They couldn't operate. And it took a few months for them to be able to operate, you know, like doing a little indoor dining, um, you know, a little carry out. And so I think that the governments, they could have um, eased some of those restrictions a little bit and allowed these businesses to operate, you know, in a safe manner rather than like completely shutting them down with no exceptions. And so I believe that, you know, we could have, you know, eased some of those restrictions and allowed business to, you know, continue. I also believe that um, the um, governments here um, in the United States, um, we have phenomenal tax deductions. And so that's a way that the government has actually been able to help us. So when, you know, your business makes a business acquisition, you're able to deduct that from your taxes. And so that's uh, one blessing that the uh, United States government, the United States government allows us to do is that we're able to deduct business expenses from our taxes to reduce the overall tax rate and allow us to expand our businesses even more. Yes. Yeah. And then, and then again, 
the reason for this question is that you know like i am hoping to get to a point where uh, government leaders around the world will start listening to this podcast and start taking notes and be like hey uh, these are all policy ideas we should take away and then see how we can help businesses grow uh, because it's one mm-hmm. of those things where um, i keep reiterating that uh, you know large businesses go away and and we need new small businesses to grow into the the, the big large corporations of, of tomorrow um so mm-hmm. yeah um i agree completely I, I, was, uh, I was thinking as well so um you know like um some of our listeners will be uh, existing entrepreneurs and some of uh, our listeners will be um entrepreneurs or people with idea but haven't started yet um so i was asked this question as well it's like if a budding entrepreneur would ask you for one piece of advice what would it be so when you're getting started with entrepreneurship just know that you're not going to know everything right off the bat i found that out the hard way in a lot of my businesses so one way in the book business is i bought a batch of books from a library liquidation that were absolutely terrible that i thought would be you know a great profit um and so just know um and also with iphones i had bought you know a batch of iphones that had this problem that i didn't know was there and so i lost quite a bit on that batch and so just know that when you're getting started and you don't have like a system perfected just know that you're going to make quite a few mistakes but those mistakes aren't really mistakes. They're um they're opportunities for you to learn and uh, perfect your system. Even today, you know, I still make mistakes in both my businesses all the time, all too often. And so just know that um, your entrepreneurship journey isn't going to be you know a success story right off the bat. It's going to be a lot of learning. And so the first step to do is to learn about your business and your proposed your proposed business idea, and see how you can um see how you can you know uh what's the word for it i'm sorry um see how you can you know um take one of your interests and actually turn it into a business and so if you like reading books you can start a book business if you like uh, skateboarding you might be able to start a um skateboarding uh skateboarding youtube channel and then get sponsorships from various companies um along the way and so just take one of your interests and see how you can monetize that interest the next step is to um don't invest all your capital into your uh when you're just starting out into a business. And so you don't want to take your life savings and toss it all into, you know, um, toss it all into your business that you're just starting because odds are it might fail. That's a fact of life. And so I would highly suggest starting your business on a small scale and then slowly scaling up. And so I started out by buying a cracked iPhone 4S, you know, in the iPhone business. And then with the book business, I started out with buying, you know, a couple dozen books for like 20 bucks. And so, um, let your money snowball as your profits come in and you can use those profits to expand your business rather than dumping your life savings into a business and then you know having it fail on you because you know you don't know everything about the business yet yeah yeah makes sense complete sense um so danny a bit of a fun question is if you had a magic wand what would you want to make happen Ooh. So in the business space, what I'd like to see is I'd like to see um, plenty of educational resources out there um, for business owners. And so business owners, um, there's a lot of resources out there for us when we're just starting out. You know, tons of people are there offering, you know, insights when you're just starting a business. But when you expand a business, you find that there's not as many educational resources out there um, when you're, you know, scaling up your business. And so what I'd like to see out there is I'd like to see um an abundance of educational resources for um, business owners on any level. So any any level from you know just starting out 
to all the way up, you know, the corporate executive who is running a, you know, billion dollar company. Uh, the more educational resources that are out there, I believe the better businesses will be run. Yeah, and that's a great point you bring in. It's like, you know, uh, uh, we need more entrepreneurial education um, for, from front to back, uh, starting from high school already, uh, to be honest. Um, um, and then also, uh, like you said, uh, for people that have already been running a business, uh, provide some education like on, on scaling up because uh, that can be a bit of like a, a wall, if you will, um, where um, uh, you, you might not always know like how to proceed and um, you find out that, that not everybody in, in business is your friend, that kind of thing. Uh, so that's where uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's more for efforts sure. should be spent um, because I think a lot of businesses can 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 struggle uh, growing past the, the small label, quote unquote, uh, because they're not sure how they can break through their barriers. Even uh, some of those barriers mm -hmm. could be mental, but uh, yeah, if there's no yeah uh, education in place uh, for people to to uh, yeah move past those barriers, then uh, yeah, it can, that can be hard. Um, and, mm -hmm. and we need role models as well. Uh, you know, like uh, if you see people that go like, hey, if that person can do it, that means that that I can do it. Um, so representation and such is, is also very important. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, luckily, I've had plenty of role models along the way and mentors that have helped me. Um, and so when I was just getting started in the book business, um, there were some other book booksellers out there who were willing to, you know, show me how to check, you know, certain selling selling statistics on books, and um, you know, oh, they showed me like how to list the books properly and whatnot on eBay. And so they really, really helped me along the way, as long as the as well as the phone business, because there's a lot of technical aspects of phones. And so, you know, there's a whole network of people on Facebook that uh, help each other out, you know, in the phone business, because we're all going through the same thing, you know, the same learning curves when each model comes out. And so just that sharing of information and the willingness to help each other out um, leads to betterment of everyone. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, and you know, in the end, you know, like the market is big enough. It's not a question like you know, uh, hey, somebody else joins, and you know, like now we're gonna cut into each other's markets because um, yeah, there's plenty of fish out there, if you will. Um, so mm -hmm. yeah, it's good to help each other, and then you 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 know you learn from each other, and there might be something that you know that somebody else doesn't know, and then vice versa. Um, so yeah, that that's how we keep growing, and I think. That's where the old, you know, statement goes from, you know, like you have to surround yourself with smart people. So, you know, um, you become smarter as well. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. And uh, I can see, you know, um, you, you only, you're only 15, you know, like uh, give it a few years and then you're running circles around everybody else. So I'm waiting for the Forbes article. Um, and, oh jeez! Uh, yeah, like, yeah, uh, it'd be like uh, uh, Jeff Bezos lookout, um, and then uh, you know, like be like, uh, no, I don't go for books. I don't go to Amazon anymore. I go to Chancellor. Um, so yeah, that would be cool. Um, um, I was thinking as well, you know, like, uh, are you start? Have you started working on like a banner? You know, so you can like start working on your. Um, like Jeff, Jeff Bezos had like an Amazon shot where he, he had a hand-painted banner. Have you started working on that one yet? Ooh, I actually need to start that uh, 
start that up, you know, get like a logo and everything created and, you know, yeah, turn exactly. my uh, like, bedroom like, into like yeah. the office. <laughs> yes. And like, you know, make an origin story. And then, you know, like when later when you're big, we'll be like, yeah, well, this is how I started. And, you know, um, like, you know, books around you, that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And then like, you know, like. I like uh, that idea. I'll have to put that know, in place. Of your, yeah. One of one of your interview slogans could be like, you know, like um, it, it, it's, it's not just profit. It, it's uh, interest in books or something like that, uh, mm-hmm. where you can surround yourself with books, that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, um, thank you for your time. Uh, I was going to say, where can people find you? So, yeah, people can find me um, on Facebook. I do 99% of my uh, business on Facebook. Um, my my uh, name should be spelt in the description. And so, you know, you can be able to, you know, just search up my name on Facebook and find me right there. And then I'm also on LinkedIn. And so I have to do a search my name. And then the last the place that you can find me is my eBay store. And so if you go to Google, you can just look up Trails and Books, um, spelled how it sounds. And I'll be the first, I'll be the first, uh, first listing in the search results on Google. Cool. Um, yeah, so I was going to say for the listeners, wherever you're out there, um, if you're on the beach, uh, well, maybe not now with COVID, but maybe um, some lucky people. Um, if you're sitting at home or on the North Pole or on the space station, um, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will talk to you again next episode. Thank you for tuning in this week. We hope you enjoyed the show and hope to have you tune in again next episode. See you next time.